Friendship, for example, is a real gift. It's an insane world. But in it, there is one sanity. The loyalty of old friends. You're the best friends anybody ever had. Alone, bad friend, good. Bubba was my best good friend. I had to make sure that he was okay. Friendship and family. These are things that matter. We just become best friends. Yep. Touch my friends again and I'll buy you. Thanks, Mike. You're my best friend here. Lose one friend. Lose all friends. Lose yourself. We ride together. We die together. Bad boys for life. That's what friends are for, right? Friends? Friends. Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. If you're not over here in 15 minutes, you can find a new best friend. <laughs> You've been saying that since the fifth grade. Cheers. Cheers. This is a little flimsy ass cup. Oh, that's actually pretty good. What are you doing? Drinking all of it? No. <laughs> I'm going to start it with this. <laughs> so if anybody who's just listening doesn't know what's going on, but if you're watching, you can see that we... I am sipping on wine. It's, um, Sam is drowning in it. Yeah, I should have grabbed two bottles. Um, yeah, you know. Makes... Listen. It makes me have opinions on things, red wine. <clears throat> Perfect. Yeah. I love red wine. It's my favorite. Um, Sparkling is interesting. It's cold. Yeah. It's a back backpack temp. <laughs> it's been my backpack Perfect. for like an hour right. now. <laughs> Welcome to the I Am Your Friend podcast. I am your host, Aiden Licker. Thank you so much for tuning in. Our guest today is our friend Sam. Sam Mini, local comedy sensation. Did you like that? Yeah. Yeah, we'll keep that one. Uh, but not going to be local for too much longer. Moving, three weeks. Three weeks, moving to Austin, Texas, to be just like her hero, Joe Rogan. I I sun my balls every day. Um, yeah. I brought my blue chew and MeUndies today. Yeah, uh, <laughs> perfect. I don't have any sponsors yet. Well, we'll um, get there. We'll get there. Hopefully, that'll start. You know. It should be sponsored by this at this point. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Lombruso, uh, Emilia, uh, some Italian words, San Antonio, product of Italy, but it's a San Antonio. Yeah, uh, San Antonio is known as Little Italy, so. I've heard that. I've heard that about San Antonio. It's just a part of Texas. Yeah. Uh, so, moving to Austin. Also just got back from uh, the Gathering of the Juggalos. Yes. Which uh, I thought, every time you brought that up to me that that's what you were going to do, I thought that was a joke. And then I saw I, your so Instagram I got story back, for the whole weekend. I got back yesterday, so everyone I've spoken to in the last 48 hours, they're like, oh, you were on vacation. And then like they would remember and it would click in their brain, like, you were at the fucking gathering. And right. everyone out, like, it was 50-50. Half the people said the same thing, like, you were serious about that? Like, yeah. Yeah, I... <laughs> It felt like it was a four-day fever dream of, um, honestly, great people. If you've ever been in a 7-Eleven after 2 a.m., that's the culture. Yeah, that's, I was going to say full stop. Don't explain anything further. Yeah. I know what we're going for here. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> it, I'm still, like, mentally processing a lot of it. There, it. It's like people, like, if they approached you in a parking lot late at night, you'd be like, fuck off, but they're all in the same place, and then right. they turn out to be the nicest people who, Can't honestly... Can't judge a book by its clown makeup. I was the only person there with all of my teeth, so I can yeah. confidently say. Where was it? 
<laughs> Ohio. Okay, that makes the sense. I was, gonna of America. Say, I was gonna guess Kentucky, but pretty close. It should be in Detroit. Um, the Is last... that where they're from? You're thinking Eminem. No, I don't know. Well, I know Eminem's from there. I just don't know where they're from. It would make sense if they're from. Let's there. look it up. Go on with what you're saying. Um, the last one my dad went to was in 2003, and when I was like, "Why is this in Ohio?" It's because every other venue they've ever played, they've been asked to not come back or have been banned from. Yeah, yeah. I know specifically they are banned from the Town Ballroom in Buffalo, um, because they were told they couldn't use what's the soda? Fago. Fago. They told them they couldn't use that. They had to use sugar-free because or else it was going to be like impossible to clean because of like all the sugar. They do have they diet fago. Right. But they were like, we're not sellouts. Yeah. We're going full fago. And uh, and then also sprayed it all over the production manager of the town ballroom when he told him not to. Oh, yeah. So, so they're, uh, they're they... also from Detroit, by the way, confirmed. All right. So, I should Just know like that. Eminem. Just like Eminem. Yeah. Um, the the first day of the fest, I, I had driven overnight Tuesday um, to get to Ohio because I don't want to see Ohio during the daylight. Um, Respect. So I drove overnight Tuesday. I got there at 7 a.m. Wednesday morning, and then I, I thought I could just live off of like four hours of sleep. I could not. Yeah, I do that every day. And so first day, there wasn't really anything going on that I cared about, so it wasn't like a huge, we weren't missing much. Um, I did see Sir Mix-a-Lot, Slick Rick. Um, they had... Slick Rick? Yeah. Was that the gathering? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, Sir Mix-a-Lot is also insane, but Slick Rick in terms Sir of Mix-a-Lot like... Sir Mix-a-Lot sounded fucking great. I believe it. That like makes sense, but Slick Rick is like a legend, like an actual like respected hip-hop legend. I don't know if we'll be back to the gathering. Yeah, yeah. Um, someone threw something on stage yeah, and they were like... Hey, can you not? And Juggalos being Juggalos right. just started throwing their entire inventory at the stage. That uh, that adds up. That also seems like... Did you watch the uh, either of the Woodstock 99 documentaries that are out? I've heard about them. So one came out on HBO a while ago, and I watched that one, but apparently one just came out on Netflix as well. And I didn't watch that one, but it sounds like it's basically the same thing. Do you know anything about Woodstock 99? Is that when they tried to bring it back and it flopped? Yeah, well, there was like multiple it, attempts to bring it back? Uh, yeah. So Woodstock 99 was like the last one they had. Um, and for a reason, because it was just like absolute insanity of people just throwing shit on stage and starting shit on fire. And they ran out of water and there was a bunch of like sexual assaults that happened and people died. And it was a whole thing. 103.3 The Edge was there. Um, promoting the event because it was in Woodstock, which is apparently 103.3 reaches out there. Um, or actually, I don't even think it was at the... It might have been at Elmira or something. It was like yeah. they weren't able to do it at the original spot. But I don't know. That's what what you're telling me. It seems like something that like those types of people would attend. Uh, um, the throwing on stage and things of that nature. I remember... Uh, I can't... One of the comics that was just at Healing like a few months ago was like telling a story of the gathering on stage where they were throwing around like human feces. Yeah. And uh, so I was kind of nervous <laughs> going into it. Uh, my dad texted me ahead of time being like, bring clothes you don't care about. Right. And I was like, what? <laughs> because this is a thing that happens every year, but he hasn't yeah. gone since 2003. So I'm like, 
20 years later basically these are like new new jugglos so um well that reminds me the only thing i know about the gathering is from that workaholics episode where they go to the gathering um and there's one always sunny episode where the one that when they like go to charlie starts working as a janitor at a high school and one of the kids is a juggalo who's getting bullied so charlie like befriends him um, so that's literally all I know about it. And there is the thing, the scene in Workaholics when Adam picks up poop, human poop, and he doesn't realize that's what's going on. So I was very nervous to lay in the grass. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't. I, that sounds I so scary to me. Like the entire thing sounds terrifying. As someone who, who is the way that I am, um, being just like anxious and scared of everything, uh, it just seems like a, a bad time for me. I will. I'll just summarize events that stuck out to me. Sure. Let's um, there was a superhuman stunt show on. I think it was Friday. Um, okay. And the tent was packed, and immediately, like, me and my dad were trying to like find somewhere where we can like actually see the stage, like what's going on. Um, the first thing that we were able to catch was they were going to shoot this guy point blank in the dick with a potato gun. Let's go. Um, gun didn't work. Perfect. So luckily they had a That's weed. That's convenient for that guy. They had a weed dick. whacker on hand. Oh, good. So they weed whacked his dick. Okay. Um, they kept setting his hair on fire. And then um, they actually do have safety standards. So they're like, hey, um, we have to take the rest of this outside. Um, oh, this was all indoors. Well, it was under a big tent. Okay. Um, it was like one of the stages, but it was where they would like have like seminars, podcasts, like I am s- stuff like that. They have seminars and podcasts. Oh, I can. Yeah, there. I thought this was just like how many days is it? It was four, which is too, too many. Too many. I was thinking two. I'm, I missed the first day, I and was it thinking, was still too much. I was thinking two days, and I was thinking it was just two nights of the insane clown posse performing. Nope. And that's it. There's they, other acts. Yep. Respected acts. It would start at 12 p.m. and go until 4 a.m. every single day. And they had seminars. Who are these people? Like, who are the? So it's everyone that's on like that record label. Oh, so, okay. Um, a lot of that, and then um, like obviously like Sir Mix. Was Hobson there? No. I feel like he's part of that. And pull up the lineup. I, okay. If I read all these names, it just sounds like horrible SoundCloud rapper names. I'm not going to look it up. I was going to look it up, but I just, <laughs> I don't care. Uh, it's, it's, Slick Rick it intrigues me enough to check the rest, but I feel like he's an outlier of the lineup for sure. No, yeah. When I tell you like yeah. the most recognizable names, sure. Sir Mixlot, Slick Rick, that's about yeah. as far yeah, as we get. Yeah. Um, so... They the wristbands. Okay, let me start there. The wristbands were for an event that took place in 2014. Um, they did not actually check your wristbands at the gate. The gate was one guy. How many people go to this? How many people were in attendance? Yeah. Any idea? If I had to guess, I don't even know how much how big Legend Valley is. That's like a fucking. I mean, that's where they have Lost Lands, like. Which is like an EDM fest, right? Yeah. So Damn. I have to imagine at least like. I have to look all this up. A decent of thousands of people. Gathering. But since there's people camping and they can't really verify that, um, they also, like, they didn't check wristbands. They only did bag checks after, like, 9 p.m. 
But you could just walk in there with like cases of beer. They don't. Bad That's actually eye. sick. Yeah. That should be at every festival. You should be able to do that. Yeah. Um, there was a gas station like right by the entrance. So I, I told myself I wasn't going to drink at all throughout this. But after like one and a half days, I was like, I need to be a little bit buzzed right now to be around these people because they're doing everything imaginable. Unbelievable. It, it has been at so many cities. Which makes sense. The original was in Michigan, and it has not been in Michigan since the original. That makes sense. Ohio, Illinois, Ohio, Ohio, Illinois, Ohio, Oklahoma, Indiana, Ohio. Oklahoma. That's a good one. All right. Uh, <laughs> um, hmm. But I like they had like medic carts, and there was That's like good. some police presence. Mm. Um, every two steps, there's whippets everywhere. Yeah. Um, just like, the little cans on the ground? Because I don't do drugs, so it took me, like, a, a while into the fest to realize, like, I don't have to turn around every single time. No, when you say you don't do drugs. <laughs> yeah. You mean, like, beyond weed? I don't even really smoke weed that often. I thought you did. Um, I did probably, like, five years ago, um, and then up until, like, recently... Yeah, I went, like, a while without smoking okay. weed. I'm just curious. Yeah. No. Anyway, go on. Um, it was, My dad's, like, 18 years sober, so it was very fun being at this fest where he's, like, super jacked to be there, and everyone's just, like, we're walking by, and they're like, what do you want? And just, like, yeah, we have an assortment, and he's, like, looking at me, I and mean, I was like, I don't. that's every festival. I wouldn't yeah. put, I wouldn't you know judge the juggalos too hard on that i mean whippets might be exclusive but when I, I mean i went to firefly music festival and it's like everybody like walks by your tent and it's like got acid got mushrooms but that's how like me. much i don't do drugs is the first full day we were there the second day of the festival um people were just like walking around with balloons i was like juggalos love helium yeah. <laughs> yeah. that would have been my thought as well and then it, fi it finally like registered in my brain i was like yeah you're you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I was um, like, they're clowns. That's why they're walking. Yeah, right. Uh, that's actually very clever on their part. I don't yeah. know if it's on purpose, no. but it seems like it's just a good ca canister thing. to hold their nitrous or whatever. But So, so security, minimal. Um, but it was until that the third day, the stunt show, where they're like, all right, we have to move this outside because they don't want us wrecking this giant tent. Uh and we're also going to run this guy over with a car. And so everyone moves from the tent, gets set up to watch this dude get hit by a car. I'm like, I'm so ready. I'm like, this is going to be insane. Sure. I'm like looking at my dad like, we're going to witness like a real medical emergency today. And as soon Getting as they get the worth. car backed up enough and all of like the crowd out of the way and just the guy set up, the cops pull up. <laughs> and stops running. So this was... This stuntman thing was like a planned event as part of the festival. No coordination. Okay. No communication, no coordination. Um, also, the night of that day, the, the third night, again, four-day fest, third night of the festival, there is only one place that serves liquor and then another tent that sells, like, boozy ICP brand drinks. Like, there, if you want to buy alcohol there and not have to go to the store, like, you have to buy it from some rando with the cooler but so i went over to the boozy tent 
And she's like, we just got shut down. They didn't have a liquor license the entire time. Insane, dude. <laughs> Insane. Like, I was like, dude, there's one day left. Is the, And is this in a part of Ohio that seems civilized? Like, is there a town that has things around it? Or are you in the middle of nowhere? Um, It was a 20-minute drive from where we were staying, which was Zanesville, Ohio. But so when I got in that morning, um, I, I slept until like the afternoon. My dad went out um, to go eat and stuff and he came back and he was just like, honestly, I can't tell who's here for the gathering or who just lives here. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's Checks where we out. were. So was this your dad's idea? My dad's been a juggler. Okay. Yeah. That's where. Uh, Do you want to go into that further at all or you want to just leave that at that? Yeah. No, that's just safe. Sure. <laughs> Okay, respect. Um, that's fucking nuts. Did you do you know how much tickets were? How much a pass was? Like a four day pass? Uh, he bought them before the lineup was even posted, so I'm I'm sure they were cheaper. Uh, <laughs> he's he's the early bird. Got the early bird sale yeah. to go to the gathering. Um, but on the the ticket tent that they had set up, um, if you were buying passes, it was like two twenty. Okay. Not horrible. Not horrible. If I mean, you, you can't you can't charge too expensive. I can't imagine these people come from a lot of money who are no. going to this. Yeah. Um. Also, I looked it up. Seven thousand attendees. Seven thousand. Yeah. It just felt like the same five people copy and pasted. Right. A million times. Well, I think that's. Uh, I think that's like a legit thing. Not to go crazy, uh, deep theory on you, but they say there's something like there's only like. So many sets of genetics of u- unique faces. Like there's something like there's only like seven unique faces or something that like and everybody falls into like some category of those. Well, no one looks like me, so. Yeah. Well, I mean that's what you say. We'll see. We'll have to. I'm sure. <laughs> well, anybody watching the video podcast will have to just comment who you're. Nobody's ever compared you to anybody. I feel like you kind of look like Anna Ferris. That's my first guess. I get Imogen Poots. What is that? That uh, one bitch. The one bitch. Image in Poots. Image in Poots. Imogen as her first name? Imogen. Imogen? Imogen. I don't know what's happening anymore. This bitch. I'll let you scroll. Oh, I can see that. Oh, yeah. Totally. What is she from? um... Yeah, I can see that. I honestly don't know. I've seen movies with her in it, and I can't think of a single one right now. 28 Weeks Later, the Jimi Hendrix biopic. She's in a lot of biopics. Okay. I've never seen any of these movies, but I feel like I've seen her face before. She was in a movie with Jesse Eisenberg. That's something. That's the one I saw. Bavarium? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I thought that that movie would be better. It was not. Yeah. I feel like that's the case for every Jesse Eisenberg movie. I would still die. Well, no, Zombieland. Ah, you got me there. Zombieland is fire. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm um, a Zombieland fanatic. Zombieland is a fire movie. Uh, 30 Minutes or Less. I thought that movie was good with him and Aziz Ansari. And it's, yeah, it's him and, um. what's that one about the KGB? I have no idea. Fuck. All right. Social no, Network is a good one. Uh, It's going to make me mad. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. 
I've never seen a movie about the KGB. He's but I'd 38. Be in oh my god. <laughs> oh, and he's in Now You See Me. Also, oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah, that movie's great. I don't. Uh, well, I mean, it was. I watched it once, uh, and it was good enough that they made a second one. But I, I, did I don't not think watch the, the second. I don't one. think the second one was that good, if I remember correctly. Honestly, Now You See Me came out 10 years ago, and. Um, I was 14, so... Was that 10 years ago? American Ultra with Kristen Stewart. That was a movie about the KGB? He was like a sleeper cell. Okay. I remember that movie coming out. I never watched it, though. This is it good? Um, I mean, it's not great. It's entertaining if sure. you want to watch and that's Jesse kinda, Eisenberg that's, and... Right, so that's kind of the Kristen point I was Stewart getting Kristen Stewart fucking... That's just it? action movie? Yeah. Yeah. I, lo- I want to like Kristen Stewart. I don't have anything against her. She seems interesting. The whole Twilight franchise and everyone involved. <sighs> that hurt a lot of people's careers. I think her specifically and also our Pats. And I love our Pats. He's doing great, though. Like He, he was just great. Batman. Um, yeah. She, on the well, other hand, got so roasted for like just playing the part. And everyone's like, she can't act. She's so awkward on screen, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, that's literally know. her. Right. The, well, yeah. I, my thing was like when the Batman got announced that Robert Pattinson was going to be playing Batman... You know, everybody's like, the Twilight guy is going to be playing what Michael Keaton and Christian Bale were? I don't think so. And, and he I'll, was the sexiest Batman. He was the best. Yeah, sexiest, hands down. And uh, he was also an amazing Bruce Wayne, amazing Batman. I love that movie. I love him so much. I've talked about it on the If Hollywood before. could just keep booking him to just stand in corners looking sad and mysterious. Yeah. Do you ever see Good Time? What is that? It's a movie where that um, the Safdie brothers made. You know, Josh Safdie, who made Uncut Jams? Uncut Jams? Uncut Jams. Jams? No, I didn't watch that movie. You know what I'm re- referring to when I say it like that, or no? No. The, who was that girl? Kanye's ex, what was her name? Not Kim Kardashian, the one after her. The crazy Julia Fox. Oh, yeah. And she's on that <laughs> podcast talking about Uncut All I know about her is her crazy, wacky outfits. She's she's a crazy, wacky lady. Um, but she dated Ben Safdie. Of the Safdie brothers who made Uncut Gems and on a podcast she referred to it as Uncut Gems. She, she had like a stroke in her face and it was hilarious. Um, anyway, the Safdie brothers who made Uncut Gems also made a movie called Good Time with Robert Pattinson and it's really fucking good. Alright, if we're going to start talking about movies, I need to admit I've seen ten movies in my life. What are they? Fox and the Hound. Okay. Fox in the house too. <laughs> All right, perfect. We're on, a, we're on a good stretch. Both good movies. Did they make a second one or was that a joke? Yeah, they did. Okay. I've probably seen it. Uh, I remember the first one. when I, was, I used to watch it as a kid a lot. I remember the VHS exactly what it looked like. I once was locked in a room with uh, my best friend. We weren't actually locked in the room. We just spent like a week of summer vacation watching Donnie Darko. One of my favorites. Great movie. Yeah. Um, I used to have a giant Donnie Darko poster. I went to the anniversary screening at North Park. I, I was got, there as well. The 4K remaster. Yep. It was fired the director's cut as well. The best one, in my opinion. Yeah, I have a, I have that on Blu-ray, the director's cut. Same. Yeah. Uh, I was, I and the, I got the steelbook. I'll show you after. I don't have the poster. You got me there. Yeah, I got the poster. I have. I had a poster when I was in college, but I moved it. I moved all four years of college. I lived in a different place, so I had, had to move it so many times. It wasn't in a frame or anything, so it just got beat to shit. But I and, had it for a long time. And then the rest of my movies, just name an A twenty four movie. Probably seen it. Good time. No. A twenty four movie with Robert Pattinson. What's the other? There's a oh oh the lighthouse. <laughs> yeah, dude. Fire movie, dude. <laughs> Fire movie. It took me so long to get through that movie. Uh, yeah. I've watched it more times than anybody I, should have probably watched it. But I was so infatuated with it. 
I would die for both of those men. Yeah, agreed. Um, It was one of those movies that I was like, it's so strange and it's so bizarre and I don't understand what's happening, but I can't stop thinking about it. And that's what I love about those stupid fucking indie movies. They just stay on my mind and I think about them all the time. uh, I think that's what they set out to do. Yeah. I mean, I will admit, the first time I watched Hereditary, I hated it. Really? Hated it. Damn, as soon as that... Spoiler alert for anybody who has never seen Hereditary. I'll give you a second. As soon as that bitch's head came off, I was like, yo, this movie is next level. I saw it in theaters with my dad and my grandpa, and... That's crazy. (laughs) Well, I guess not. Yeah, I mean, you went to the Juggalos with your dad, so... Yeah, yeah. Um, I get his. I get his vibe. I will also say maybe it wasn't horrible upon the first time watching. I was also super hungover. Uh, that'll um, ruin any movie. I would never ever want to watch a horror movie hungover. I don't know why. I, it was. Like, it felt me. like the perfect because I love scary movies. Yeah. It's a dark, cold room, and I'm sure. just munching popcorn. You got me there. You got me there. So that's three for three. I'm. I'm just. I'm. I'm in my reclining seat, snacking. Yeah. I don't have to look at anything. Well, I do, but like it's not bright. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I walked out of theaters, and my dad was just like, "Oh, what did you think?" I was like, "I fucking hated it." Damn. And then I went back and rewatched it like months later, and I was like, "Great movie." Yeah. Great. I love when that happens. I love- Same with a uh, Midsummer. We Ugh, we went movie. as like a work group to that. We, we missed the initial screenings, but then when it got re-released with the director's cut, that's when we went. <laughs> and the only seats the we could... The director's cut's awesome. The only seats we could get all together, it was like, we were like three rows back. Where'd they show the director's cut? Um, I mean, we only went to like Regal at uh, They showed them at the Regal? Yeah. Damn. I didn't know that. I didn't know the director's cut was ever in theaters. It was that's for crazy. like... I got the Blu-ray of that weeks. too. The director's cut of Midsummer. Yeah, it was like three hours or something. Yeah, I'm obsessed Ridiculous. with that movie as well. Ari Aster, that dude rules. That director who did Hereditary Midsummer. He's got a new one coming out soon, I believe, with Joaquin Phoenix, if I remember correctly. I will say, I did just see Nope. Oh, I haven't seen it yet, but how is it? Not impressed. Really? You're no. the first person I've, I've heard to say that. I mean, most people, I haven't seen anybody be like, it's this groundbreaking. Like Most people are like, it was pretty good. I was I like I was entertained. Yeah. But it was a very hype. It was up one movie. of those movies where you walk away like, oh. Okay. I I had a good time. Sure. I mean that's fine for me. It doesn't. You know funny? Do anything else other than that. I had a thought today while listening to another podcast where they were talking about movies about how like we are so, in this day and age like we are so, um, uh, morphed I guess into like rejecting any sort of mediocrity because of like rating systems, right? Like because of like Rotten Tomatoes and just like IMDb ratings. Like anything that's below like an 85 is like, I won't give the time of day. Old? It depends. Did you watch Old? No, the M. Night Shyamalan movie? Yeah. No, is is it worth watching? Like for the entertainment value? I I don't even have to look. I know the Rotten Tomatoes rating for it has to be below 20%. See, favorite, those movies I'll watch. Favorite movie to come out in the last year? I will not watch anything like between like 50 and 85. But 85 and above or like 50 and below I'll watch. 
Well, yeah. I, because I do. There is something. There's like a reverse effect that happens once it gets below a certain threshold like and the perfect example of that is the room i was gonna say like the room is one of my favorite movies ever and it's one of the worst movies ever but that's why it's It's because it's so bad that it is it's the worst like and because it's not set out to be funny actually so coming up i'm uh i'm heading down to hilton head south carolina for a family vacation next week and the first time i ever watched the room was when we went to we went to Hilton Head four or five years ago, and uh, that the James Franco movie, the Disaster yeah. Artist, had just gotten announced, and I knew what the room was, but I had never watched it. And then I saw this movie get announced. I was like, all right, now I have to watch this movie so that I can go see the Disaster Artist. So me and my brothers in Hilton had watched it for the first time, and we watched it like three nights in a row. While we were down there because we were so we just wanted everybody else to see it we were like we have to watch it again tonight and then we just kept talking about it the whole vacation so it's a tradition that every year at hilton head that we go there we watch the room together as a family affair so my one of my earliest when i first started doing comedy in buffalo one of the first like comedy hangouts i went to was when disaster artists first hit theaters we did a, a double feature. So we all went over to this one guy's house. We watched The Room. We played The Room drinking game. Nice. Which is... A lot. Just, I mean, there's like three three sentences of dialogue that just get repeated over and over. Yeah, yeah. So you have to drink for all of those. Some guy was actually drinking scotchkas. Like, that sounds terrible. And so we did that for the pregame. And then we went to... Um, to go see Disaster Artist right after that. And we all just packed little... Little bottles. Yeah. We were still playing the drinking game for Disaster Artist. Best fucking day ever. Yeah, the Disaster Artist was sick, too. I really enjoyed that movie. Well, also, I just... Dave Franco was in it. Do you love Dave Franco? I love Dave I love Franco. Dave Franco, too. I, loved, I wish he was in more. I always have. So I think I'm like... Part of me thinks I'm like a little bit autistic because I have like these weird tics that I have where like if there's ever like a dull in a conversation or I get bored... Um, there's like a series of questions that I ask people. And one of them is, did OJ did it? Or do you think OJ did it? Is like the first one I usually go to. And then sometimes I have some obsession with the Franco brothers, but it's more just like their names just sound so nice. to and they James Franco, Dave Franco. They just like roll off the tongue. So I just like have this weird thing where I love saying their names. So like one another thing is I say, do you think James Franco will ever work again? And then the other one I said is like, uh, who do you think is the better Franco brother, Dave or James? And my and I'm a strong Dave guy. Oh yeah, 100. percent After um, um, this, I was at a wedding on Saturday, and after the wedding, it was at the Hotel Lafayette, and we went up to like at, there was an after party in like one of the suites that they got for the wedding, and neighbors just happened to be on, and um, it was a really enjoyable experience after the wedding to just sit in the hotel room and watch neighbors and see Dave Franco. Yeah, James Franco, I feel like his whole thing happened right before, like, cancel culture got really, like, serious about yeah. cutting people off, yeah. but he still kind of doesn't do anything. I haven't seen him in anything. I mean, I know Seth Rogen said he won't work with him again. Yeah, I mean, well, Seth Rogen is fucking making the sickest pottery. Dude, he, I am obsessed with him. Um, He's so sick. Great guy. And he's so raw, you know what I mean? Like, so authentic. But also, if you look at, like, James Franco's, like acting history yeah. like kind of legendary great great but like the role you, you you had to see it coming a little bit go on that that he like was like messaging underage girls and shit 
Wasn't that what he got canceled for? Yeah. Well, yeah. N- well, no, no, no. So he got canceled because he was teaching classes at NYU. He was teaching acting classes at NYU, and he was like sleeping with all of the women that he was teaching. I don't know why. Uh, it's it gets into like the uh, the power of control kind of thing. Like you're in a position of power because you're the teacher. And I think he was like, I think there were, I don't know this for sure, but I believe if I remember correctly, there was something on like, you know, passing them through the class because of that. They got special treatment in class and uh, that whole thing. So. Classic. Yeah. (laughs) Historically speaking, yes, that is classic. It is a go-to move. Yeah. Yeah. I did see a funny thing like, Oh, being like ages like 14 to 16 at a concert, being like, I'm too young to sleep with my favorite artist. Right. Fast forward. Oh, I was actually within their age range. Yeah, that's exactly what they were looking for. Yeah. It is funny, dude. The idea of like, uh, I don't want to say I think about this a lot because that'd be weird. But uh, I notice it in like going back because I'm a person who likes going like I'm obsessed with the 90s. And just like the the early 2000s in that era and probably just because of like my childhood and probably some sort of like traumatic reason. But um, I just love that era of pop culture. And when I go back and watch things, it's so crazy how like normal it was to like sexualize like teenage girls. Like it was so normal. Like, I mean, there's that iconic line from is it Dazed and Confused with Matthew McConaughey where he's like. I've seen 10 movies. Okay. You've never seen Dazed and Confused? No. Any classic? It's a good watch. It's a good watch. I actually, I have a letterbox list, um, which is the most hipstery thing I've ever said on this podcast, I think. But I have a letterbox list that is uh, classics unwatched, and it's all, like, every, like, classic that, um, you know, people claim, like, you have to see or is a must-watch that I've never seen before. But Days of Confused is not on there because I've seen that. But Days of Confused, there's a line that Matthew McConaughey says where he says, high school girls, I keep getting older. And they stay the same age. And uh, that's like a like beloved line of that movie. Um, and it's super creepy. Uh, same thing. There's an episode of Seinfeld where there's like they're trying to pitch a show to like NBC or something. Like Jerry's trying to write a show and pitch it to a network. But he's got this 15-year-old daughter that uh, Jerry and um, George think is hot. And they like talk about it the whole episode. And uh, it was just totally normal, and uh, that was. And Jerry Seinfeld also dated like a teenager for a while. And Joel Madden from Good Charlotte dated Hillary Duff when she was like sixteen, and when they were like public, like a public relationship, and like nobody cared. And it's just very strange to think about. I always, um, I felt good about the fact that majority of the bands I listened to and still do, like none of them got canceled oh, almost anything. all the ones i did which makes me very terrified of Up who until, i am as a person so okay well sorority noise lost them yeah they were great brand new Ugh, i have a brand new tattoo yeah yeah um i got it before pre-cancel the one that <laughs> surprised me it took so long was all time low yeah and they're still fully just like no we're not canceled yeah it's crazy it's crazy that it, that's the like point. it was public knowledge that jack was dating a 17 year old yeah, yeah. and he's just like that whole consensual. the whole story <laughs> that did finally like crack a little bit was like crazy oh yeah that one girl i, I read that the like he just thread. like fully groomed yeah yeah absolutely i read the whole thing it was crazy dude and what's even crazier is that like if that would have happened like at the same time as the brand new thing would have happened they would have been done 
Yeah. But there's just this thing now that it's like gone on for too long. And they, I think they've recognized that if your fan base is big enough, enough, like enough people will still like you and not care about that or ignore it. Well, they were going to bring, well, that thread was completely anonymous, I yeah. believe. Um, but very But detailed. they were pursuing like legal action against yeah. them. Um, yeah. And then I haven't followed it at all because honestly, after "Don't Panic," I don't give a, I don't care about anything they put out. Oh, okay. After that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, the first like so three records been, all that matter uh, to me. Yeah. I saw them at Town Ballroom when they were here. Um, I feel that, like was, that was like was right that. before. Yeah, literally it was, like, days before. I I even had like the um, sound check thing, like where you got to go and like yeah, Q and A or whatever. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, literally two days before that whole thing dropped. I was like, yeah. it would have been crazy because <laughs> right. they kept like looking around. There and they was, like, fully were in the middle there. of a tour, fully in the middle of a tour. Didn't cancel any shows. Just kept going. And that's the the crazy thing is big bands like that will just be like, ah, yeah, talk to our lawyers. They're just and like, then, no, we don't. But then like these these smaller bands and lineups, like headliners, like if a support act gets called out for something, yeah. immediately drops yep, just drops from the tour or whatever. Gone. And I mean the thing was everybody who was on that all time low tour dropped. Yeah. Tro- tour. What, who was on it again? I don't remember. But I remember they all dropped. Uh one of them was like familiar. I I knew I knew who one of them were. Um, but yeah, no, they were like, uh, "Fuck these guys! Yeah. We're starting our own there's tour." Fully, I mean, today. dude, there's a lot of bands. The I fact mean, that they booked like a follow-up dates, being like, "We're not touring with them." Immediately, we have this setup. Yo, they did like it. Yeah, they moved all, quick. It was actually sick. Like they were waiting for it. That like all <laughs> the supporting bands literally dropped and then did their own tour together. Like the three other bands that were yeah. on it. It was pretty pretty sweet, honestly. Uh, from that perspective of it is pretty sick but yeah man it's weird it's just weird to make me think about just like how much the timing matters because like the brand new thing first of all feels very minuscule in comparison to the all-time low thing and i feel like they were bands of like the same level i mean all-time low probably a little bit bigger but i feel i mean brand new still had like mtv play like they had like the same amount of press and everything so many thoughts because i just remember because they started, uh, they had two tours back to back where the one was they announced that they were going to like break up. And yeah. I saw them like three times during that span. Same. I don't know if they did like two separate tours or whatever. Um, but then when I saw them at Riot Fest, they were still like, they had the flag in the background. With like, the cross that looked like a yeah. dick. Yeah. Um, and then they were gonna do their final farewell, like science fiction yeah. tour, and then right before yeah. that is when it all went down. And so, like a yeah. part of me, I was just like, "What's yeah?" Fair enough. I think I think <laughs> they're, they're like, why do you have to be so shitty? Like, and I, just <laughs> I think their response hurt them more than anything else. Like, I think like you know the accusation came out, uh, and then Jesse Lacey made this weird fucking statement <clears throat> on Facebook put out a weird fucking statement on Facebook. I just talked about how he's, he did like the Chris D'Elia thing, but lost his career. Chris D'Elia kept his, but yeah, did the whole thing. I'm just like, Oh, I'm a sex addict. And like, Oh, this shit, whatever. And then people were like, dude, that was a weird way to not address that. You got accused of pedophilia. Like he just like skipped over it entirely. Uh, and I think that's what fucked them more than anything. Where honestly, if they would have taken the all-time low route, they probably would still be doing it. 
<laughs> you have three options. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's always my favorite thing when like a YouTuber gets like canceled or whatever. It's like deflect, ignore it, or just like and do it again immediately. Right, like, right, right, right. Yeah, it's are, crazy. Yeah, it's like own up to it. But even the people that own up to shit, like no one's ever happy. No. There's always going to be people nope. like even if you sit down realistically... But even then, that's still like, well, if you make like a public apology, it still just feels like uh, not genuine. Right. Totally. Yeah. Because it's like, you knew this you, the whole you time. You fuck up once and you're in the public eye and then right. you're like, all right. I think the only person coming clean, this, that, like. I mean, outside of like spanning beyond sexual assault or, or um, any anything surrounding that, like beyond that, like I think the only person I've ever seen make it through scot-free was ryan reynolds when uh which he didn't get called out for it he like owned up to it before he could get called out for it was that he like they got married on a plantation oh yeah <laughs> and like they like pose in pictures in front of these like the slave yeah. huts yeah. or whatever and like he like straight up was like hey i realized like didn't get called out for it he just jumped on it first before they could call when him out for it. But it was a great it. deal of venue. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was. It looked. It looked gorgeous. I don't know, but I mean, all of the lands are a little bit bloody here. That's so, what, right. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. Um, but yeah, he's the only person I saw that like everybody was like, "All right, I mean, you're Ryan Reynolds. We everybody loves you, you know." So, but yeah, very, uh, very weird thing. I think timing has a lot to do with the responses. A lot to. I mean, I think another good thing to look at uh, is uh, Moose Blood. Were you ever into that band at all? Uh, yeah. I loved that band. I, I only liked like three of their songs. They do yeah. still come up on like my their my first Spotify two records were playlist. fire. Um, but every time it's like one of those things where I have to remind myself, yeah, like what happened to them. Right. Um, I will say I have the most cursed image of me at the waiting room with front porch step. Oh no! Like three years before yeah. all that shit came out. Yeah, that one sucked too because I love that one song. You know. He had that one song, the Rain song. Yeah. That song was fire. Um, I used to like listen to it all the time. And now, yeah, I just, I it pops in my head every once in a while. That's he was you know opening for someone. Um, I just, like, I, I liked, I think at that time he only had that one album out. Yeah. So I was like, oh. Well, I, I don't think I'm, he had that much of a career before. And no. he was like canceled prior to And then to people started too. boycotting Warp Tour because that's when not. everyone started like realizing like, oh, all of these bands are yeah, predators right. and they're booking yeah. them and they gave them, they gave them security. Well, I mean, he got canceled in what, like 2015 or Forever, something, right? Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, it was like way... Occasionally like, on TikTok, he was ahead of the game. I'll, I'll scroll around and like someone will use his song as yeah, an audio and, and I'm just no reminded idea. of his existence. Yeah. But... Um, so he just didn't do anything for a while and then he just became hardcore religious and now he just makes like Christian music. Yeah, I think I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. And Which he gets, is another and he gets route. shit talks on the internet a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That is another route. Yeah. Christians. Um, if you fuck up, just. Um, yeah. As long as you keep I love the baby. Jesus now. Yeah. 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 That's all I care. Like, we all make mistakes. Yeah, I found it's like, God. Well, you don't yeah. have to try to fuck a 15 year old in your old age of 28. I don't know. Start there. That's not a slip. I don't understand why people are like, I've made mistakes in the past. It's yeah. like, it's so easy not to do. Right. So yeah. easy not to do. Yeah, it's really super easy not to fuck a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> it's never even happened on accident yeah. to me. Like That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I don't even know where to go from that. Uh, no, but the moose blood thing I think is funny because not funny, interesting. Uh, because they like the drummer got canceled first, and so they booted out the drummer. But what was funny is like the drummer's kind of the glue of that band, and he was fucking sick uh, at his instrument, not as a person. Did um, that happen with Neck Deep, or did their drummer leave for something else? I don't. So I just played a show with Neck Deep, and I didn't know that drummer was gone until yeah. we got to the show. And I like saw. I can't remember what he did. Sound checking, and I was like, "That's just, not like, that." Yeah. Out. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I uh, I don't remember. I feel like I they, I did hear something, maybe, but I wasn't absolutely sure. But I remember. I mean, now uh, we're just was, like gossiping about bands. Yeah, like, good. I fuck it. That's what this is for. Canceled, Nobody listens but... to this. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, I don't know. When we played that show, I like walked in and. I noticed the drummer was different, and I was like, "Oh, that's not the same drummer." And then, but of course, that's immediately where my head went. And I was like, "Oh, I wonder if he got canceled." Uh, who knows? But yeah, so the Moose Blood guy gets kicked out, uh, and then like, so they kick him out, and then they're like in the clear, and then like accusations come out about the singer, and it's like, "Well, you can't just kick out the singer." Poor you know? Dance Gavin Dance. <laughs> what happened with Dance Gavin Dance? They so one of the members passed away, and then I think it was the singer got canceled like a month later. Oh shit! Like. Re- recently yeah. i saw them pre-pandemic so was this no like within the last couple months this oh damn all really happened yeah damn i didn't know that i didn't even hear about that they they're they're not even a band like i'm that invested in but yeah. i like neither am i i saw I, them i, followed I think them, they played but with... i remember they posted like a member passed away yeah and everyone was just like they had a few tour dates left i think they filled the spot just to finish the tour and they had like an album coming out and then i think the singer yeah got uh canceled that's crazy. And um, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I'm not invested in them either. I saw them 2019. They played with Under Oath at the Rapids Theater. And I watched them and I was like, they were sick. And they unloaded off the front of the stage and through the front doors of the Rapids Theater, which was the craziest thing I've ever seen. So they should have got canceled for that. <laughs> Would have saved them a lot of hassle, I think. Yeah, isn't Rapids Theater canceled? Uh, oh, f- yeah, I don't remember why. Something with COVID, I think. He was, like, the owner was, like, posting some shady shit on Facebook. Or maybe it was some racist stuff. I don't know. I think the <laughs> owner of Rabbit City, I don't know. That place wasn't great anyway. I don't think I ever went to a show there. I went to a few. There. I saw the 1975 there, uh, and they hated it. The ven- or the band hated being there. Actually, were, no, I did see All Time Low there forever ago. Yeah, I remember uh, I remember them playing there. They were, like, with water parks. And, uh, but. Yeah. Um, a day to remember, I remember. Just that, bring back the waiting room. Oh, please, dude. I miss the waiting room so much. Do you remember when that ska band broke the floor in the second? That ska band. It was Streetlight Manifesto. Thank you. Yeah. There's three of them, so I was going to get it That's wrong. That's correct. Yeah. Um, yeah, Streetlight. The there was the pit was so crazy that the floor caved in. Yeah. Yeah. The waiting room was sick. R.I.P. I have to start buying tickets for Austin shows now, which is pissing me off. So Turnstile did that tour. Yeah. First half of the year, played Austin. Yeah, now they're playing Buffalo and you're going to be gone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have tickets to that. I'm stoked. Fucking hate you. Austin should be cool, though. Let's, let's I... get into that. All right, all right. So, moving to Austin, uh, you work for Helium Comedy Club now. Yes. And they have a club that they are opening. It's not open yet, correct? It's been open. Oh, it's been um, open. What's it called? 
Cap City. So Cap City owned Cap, by Helium. Cap City's been open forever. I feel it was like one of the one of the staple clubs there. Um, Helium bought it during COVID. It just opened two months ago, and initially, so I wanted to move out of Buffalo for like a few years now, and um, kind of landed on Austin just because like the comedy scene started growing there. Yep. Also, just like nice weather. I know it's like scorching hot most of the year, but yeah. I'm a I'm a tiny little gal. I don't retain heat. I've only been to Austin once, and it was in Oral December, friend, like and it a piece was cool. Of bacon. <laughs> there you go. That's something to look forward to. Um. But yeah, so I wanted to move. Uh, stuff just like never lined up, but I always like looked at Marketplace or Craigslist just to see like what the prices were like because I I know it's like. The locals are pissed off that everyone's moving there because right. prices are like going way way up yeah i mean i think that's happening in a lot of places everywhere yeah it's but that was my for- thing is like looking at apartments just for me here and there like if i'm gonna i'm not gonna pay 1200 to live alone in buffalo right i would pay that to live anywhere else <laughs> right i kind of i agree so when i found this place i was just like all right step one and it was a weird thing where they're like well we have like local people who are interested in this so we're gonna like show it to them first if they don't want it um you're next in line so i think three other people viewed the apartment and then i literally did like a facetime walkthrough (laughs) there are so many red flags and everything that you just said well so it's like a couple um looking for a lease replacement so they don't want to break their lease they want someone to take it over yeah gotcha um, so I did the FaceTime walkthrough with them. Um, and I mean, the location is like right between downtown and where I'll be working. So I'm like, all right, apply, like go through the process of trying to get approved for the apartment. Cause like three times rent, uh, just credits, like with the typical background shit. Sure. Um, so that's How's your credit. <laughs> My credit was like really good and then I tanked it and then I got it back up to a decent spot and then I forgot it was a thing. It's decent. Okay. I mean enough. It got you the apartment, yeah? Yeah. Um, good for you. That's all that matters. But looking at like my credit karma graph, it's just like sh- you can tell when that I'm credit, not doing that, well. That, uh, <laughs> it's actually just like a depression tracker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That credit karma... <laughs> Graph has a stranglehold over me. It's insane. <laughs> Anytime it dips just like a little bit, I start sweating. I got my credit. Um, <laughs> the lowest my credit was at one point was 520. That's not, and that's not as low as I thought you were going to say. It was low enough where I had to self-reflect and um, yeah. do better. Um, even though it's a fake number and I really don't need, like I don't use credit cards. Doesn't it piss you off? When you get when you get that and you're like I have this yeah it like, feels like a report card like right, in a way for, but for like existing but as it an doesn't adult. matter yeah but somehow it does and that's the worst part of it it shouldn't matter it's the dumbest thing of all time and we all have to abide by it and it's all you know what's crazy is it's like only existed for like thirty years I just it's just a number yeah. I have an app they'll email me too like I know I'm not I know I'm on a good stretch when I get an email it's like Samantha, your score has changed with yeah. like good emojis, and then when I know I'm fucking up, it's like your score has been updated. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just it's just period. Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah. like, do I yeah. want? I don't. Yeah, the even credit card emails are funny. They're always like, woo hoo, keep up. Look at that score go. 
Um, on time payments. I don't even remember. I think it might have been like before, like when I started working two jobs when I first moved like down to like Elmwood Village and all that. Um, I think I just went like crazy, stupid, silly, willy, <laughs> went all the nilly. Like I just, <laughs> you heard it here. I had no concept of money. Or, like, the amount of times I would look at my bank account and be, like, $10. Right. And then I would just be like, well, I'm 20 and I have an apartment, so I'm crushing it. But at the same time, it's like I wasn't paying any of my bills. Yeah. Um. But then during COVID, I got it back up. I, like, paid everything off, essentially. And, um, yeah. The last drop. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I don't even know why. I think I just... I set everything to auto-pay, so I really don't know what's going on. What does piss me off, though, I will say, uh, my car previous to this one, I paid it off sooner than I was supposed to and closed out that account. And then and your score it, dropped? Yeah. What is this? Yeah, it's so dumb. That So, yeah, I hate that. That's the dumbest part of it. Of everything. Like, it's all dumb, but the dumbest part of it is that when you close an account, your credit score drops. My mom did the smart thing. Um, when I was like 16, she like put my name on the credit card that paid for like Netflix every month to right. build a credit history. Yeah. Like she did that for me. And then so my credit score went from like 720 to 520 within a year and a half. Yeah. When as I soon was, as I was let out on the streets. There you go. That's fire. Yeah. When I was 18, I went to Fredonia and I got a like Discover had like a student credit card you could get. And so and I literally needed it because my books were more expensive. Like my books, I took out extra money in my student loans so I could afford my books and that wasn't enough. So I needed, I was like, I don't have any money. So I needed to open a credit card so I could pay for these books. So I opened this credit card, paid for the books, paid it off. And then I was like, oh, this is easy. So then I uh, started putting all my tattoos. I, I booked like an insane amount of tattoo appointments and then put them all in that credit card and then just like didn't pay it off. So my credit score dropped pretty rapidly, pretty quick uh, for most of my college career. And then after college, I, I don't shit back up. I don't have credit cards. I have two store cards. Those are credit ha- cards. Well, but you can't use them for okay. wacky random shit. Sure. Wack, yeah. So what stores? I, Best Buy and Amazon. <laughs> you could buy everything on Amazon. Well, no. Okay, so I got that one. Like, I don't like supporting Amazon. I had I had to buy respect one big thing, and I was like, I'll just finance it. So I got the card. There you go. Um, same thing with Best Buy. That's why I have Best Buy too, so I can buy a fucking TV and not have to. But the spend one all my actual money. credit card I have is a Forever Twenty One Visa credit card. Fire. And I once put an entire semester of college on it. That's that's what's up. That's a good use of it, at least. Yeah, I'm sure the interest rate's like twenty percent. Yeah, yeah. Stupid. Yeah. And I paid like I paid off all of my credit cards like during COVID with um, COVID bucks. There you go. Huge. And, huge. Yeah. And then um, I still. I mean, the that world was very is, responsible. Well, the world is still ending to me. Yeah. So it is. um. You're not wrong. All of my cards are maxed out again. Good immediately good i was like i paid them off yeah i just opened another credit way. card i i don't pay my student loans and um hospital bills are all your student loans federal i think no i still have um my one private loan was paid off but i still think i have like 
4000 in private loans and then the rest is federal. But you're but not I, paying the private ones either? They're they're like low. They're like $50 a month. Okay. So I just have those to auto pay. They don't affect right. me at all. So the federal ones you're not paying. I'm not Fed, paying my Fed either, but most of mine are private. That's well, where I get service for. industry perks, um, I make no money. So I, I qualify for zero monthly payments. Yeah. So it's yeah. just like it's in a corner in the closet. Yeah. I mean, everybody has zero monthly push, payments right now. Push against the wall. Well, yeah. this was pre-COVID. I right. I never paid on my I federals. was. Yeah. So similarly, after college, I remember after graduating, I was bar backing and serving at 40 Thieves when it first opened. Uh, and I remember getting my first bill in the mail from Sally Mae and it was for $900. And I called like their 800 service and I'm like, Hey, is there like an income driven plan for this? And they're like, no, these are private loans. Uh, you can do that for federal loans, which I did and got $0 monthly payments. But they're like for this, there's really, you know, they're like, why do you think you're not going to be able to pay it? And I'm like, um, because I'm a waiter, you know, and I just graduated six months ago and I'm still figuring my life out. And they were like, what's your degree in? Technically, business administration, I have two degrees. Okay. One is in business administration and one is in communications. Um, what they really are, music business and audio radio production, which are even more useless. Um, but, you know, I had a good time. You had fun. I had so much fun and I learned a lot outside of the classroom. I did learned not a lot have of life any lessons, fun. You know? And I made a lot of friends. And you can't put a price on friendship. Well, apparently you can. It's about ninety four thousand dollars. No, I think my student loan debt's only at like twenty twenty five. Luckily, I I made three attempts to go to college. I dropped out three times. Um, three strikes you out. Where did you did you go to three different colleges? No, I went to Damon initially. Okay. I wanted to be a doctor at the time. Um, That's I to be, super funny. Yeah, I wanted to be a physician assistant. Um, however, I can see you as a PA. Isn't that fucked up? You, well, I worked in a nursing home for a while, yeah. and you definitely need to just like, you need you need to have empathy for one. Like, I yeah. I loved all those people, but at the same time, you also had to be able to like take a step back and be like, this is insane, right. like what <laughs> this is. Right, I um, could never handle that shit. Also, my time there. Uh, so I started at one facility, um, just as a dietary aide. And then at the age of 19, applied for a, uh, like, kitchen supervisor. That was my first management role, and I got it. <laughs> so I was 19 working at a 300-bed rehab facility for the elderly. And there was a guy who had been working there since 97, which is the year I was born. And I was yeah. like, I am technically in charge of you. Like, right. Yeah, that's a weird thing. It, the weirdest Um but so I went from trying to become a doctor at Damon. They had scheduled my next semester like class enrollment period during an exam I had. So by the time I got out, all of the classes that I needed were filled, filled up. Out. Yeah, that's the worst. And so I was just like, I am paying way too much money <laughs> for this yeah. school to not be able to take required classes in my next semester. So I I took a semester off. I transferred to UB. I did... Um, I was just a biology major for a semester. Got through that fine, um, but I was still working full time, and it's like a lot. So I took another semester off to save up, went back for biology a second time, and then after that, I was like, 
It's not for you. It's not sustainable. Yeah. <laughs> like, I got decent aid, but at the same time, just working full-time with, like, the classes I was taking, I was like, this is not ever, like, I, I'm missing out on, like, I, I graduated high school when I was 17, so, like, that three-year block, I'm like, I'm just working or in school right now. Yeah. And, um... So I didn't want to do that anymore. <laughs> it wasn't yeah, worth it that. to me. I was like, I'm just wasting years of my life. Yeah, and I mean, this. if it, and going for biology is, seems like a similar thing that I was doing, which I was just like, I don't know what I want to do with my life, but I know I should go to college. So I it was guess. like it was getting like getting through prereqs to go through like a PA program, right? So that was like the whole initial plan, and then yeah, every single time I would be back for a full semester, I'm just like what am i doing here yeah. like this shit sucks i didn't i didn't make any friends in college other right. than like during when i was like fucking around that's like when i met you and shit right. and just would visit other friends at their more fun schools right I'm like yeah no i'm just over here staring at numbers yeah um pemdas daily mean, <laughs> yeah that was i mean my whole thing with choosing fredonia was like i just if i was gonna go because i didn't want to go to school like i was not i just you know I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to be some, I wanted to be an entertainer, like I wanted to play in a band or do whatever. I wanted to make movies. Like there was, I have all these ideas of just like anything, but going to school. Like, I don't want to be a doctor. I don't want to be a lawyer. I don't want to, you know, be a teacher. Like what I want to do doesn't require a college degree necessarily. And like, I don't think this is what I want to do. And my parents are like, well, you need a backup plan, you know? And I'm like, well, then I'm going to fucking go, I'm going to make it count. You know, like yeah. I'm going to go get the full college experience. I'm going to go away, quote unquote, even though it's, you know, an hour, but go away to school and, you know, and then took two, I don't want to say easy majors because um, they definitely require work, but like they weren't as hard as a lot of the other ones. Uh, and yeah, made a bunch of friends and parted my ass off and uh, had a great fucking time. And it was sick until I got those payments that I had to start making. <laughs> I'm trying to think of when I stopped working at um, the nursing home. But there was, like, an overlap where I was working there in school, and then I had just started comedy. Yeah. And then that's... Which is sick, and we haven't actually talked about you as a comedian at all, but I do want to uh, acknowledge that you, like, started comedy very young, like, for... 19. Yeah, 19 is super young to start comedy. Like, for the fact that most open mics happen in bars you have to be at least 21 and like the average, I feel like the average age of people starting, like I feel like I did get a late start at 27. Um, but I feel like the average age of people starting is somewhere between like 23 and 25. So starting at 19 is fucking sweet. Uh, two weeks will be my five years of doing stand up. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I, I initially started in going to Rochester open mics cause I was like super anxious about it. Yeah. Um, but then once there was like Buffalo people going to those mics, so I kind of like introduced myself to them, and then that's when I finally made the switch just back to Buffalo. Um, but I did have to like Nietzsche's if I wanted to do that. It took them like months of convincing them, like to let me do the mic there. Yeah. Um, but at that point, the, the door guy knew me, so you just marked my hands. There's only one bartender. She knows me. Like, don't serve me. If right. you see me with a drink, like, kick me out. I'm a sure. piece of shit. Um, but yeah, Tudor, Milky's, those mics. Like, it was never as big of a deal. It's like, yeah, I'm underage. I'm just going to do this and leave. The first time I went to Nietzsche's, I was 15. <laughs> just so you know. 
and it was just to see a, it was a band I really liked and I called ahead that day I was like listen I'm 15 I was like you can mark my hands I promise I won't drink I remember uh, the first time I did Milky's, I just want to go watch uh, this band and they let me in the guy hosting like I I like messaged him on Facebook and I was like hey real quick I'm 19 um can I still do this mic and he's like yeah just don't try to order from the bar yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was like all right fair enough yeah but I was so anxious of like trying to go to mics and people like turning like I had a fake ID but I didn't want like that to right. be my start like yeah going into where I was, where you are trying to get like respected and welcomed in you don't want to be going like, there with a fake ID. Yeah, <laughs> totally when did you start like getting on shows and you know when did helium come into it so I started August of 2017. Um, I am immediately, I don't want to say like immediately. I think my first show I got actually booked on was that December. Um, Josh Potter came home and had a show at Milky's. Um, he did a show at Milky's? Yeah. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> when I first started comedy though, like definitely one of my my biggest inspirations like which is like dark comics like all of my early sure. jokes were just like quick dark just like Jesselneck style or yeah yeah um he's with, one of the best yeah but so that's how i started i remember that show because my grandpa came to it oh my god and he didn't even <laughs> hug me goodbye at the end of it for real yeah Damn. i don't even know how much time i did on that show I didn't have much material. Um, I wrote I wrote for a while before I actually started going to mics. Like, of course, yeah. I think that's um, the move. I was writing for like years before going to mics. Um, so I got booked on that. I started going to open mics. I had applied to Helium a few times before, and it wasn't until I did like the first Helium open mic that they had where finally they're like, oh, I just put two and two together, recognize your name. You've been coming to Mike's. Like, do you want to work here? So I started as a server um, in late January of 2018. So I started there January. Um, and I mean, like, I've been there ever since. I'm still working with the company when I move. But yeah, it was crazy. Like, I never saw myself pursuing stand-up. It was just something I was into, started doing, and then just kind of everything... It started rolling from there and like my whole life now is based on the fact that i started comedy yeah. <laughs> at I mean, 19 one day yeah um but yeah no all of, all of like my close friend like i i have very few friends now that are outside of comedy outside of work um it's crazy how quickly like even i mean i started in february and uh I, but i was i literally so you know, I remember having a conversation with you at Lockhouse in 2019, maybe 2018. I believe actually it might have been 20. I believe it was the Shitty Hawkins event, but I think it was 2018 at Lockhouse. I think it was the first one I ever went to, and you and I were having a drink out front, and it was like the first time I had seen you since I knew you started doing stand up, and I remember talking to you about it and being like. I wanted like I wanted I've always wanted to do stand up but like I don't know even like how that works or whatever and I remember like you telling me going to open mics and things like that um so like you know I just had such a love for stand up for my entire life so like 
from then on, I just like followed everything you did and just like, not in like a stalkery way, but just like uh, as a fan, as like an admirer of, of the art. So, um, and then became friends with uh, Zach Deitch, um in like 2019 and like, you know, had conversations with him about it and then had all these jokes and like I had jokes written forever and like, and then I was finally like, thinking about going up and then the pandemic hit and then you know i've been friends with max forever and then max started going up in spain and i was talking to him about it and i was like all right how many people actually max was the one who was finally like when, just do it he, yeah, yeah he was like, like dude he was like when i first went to max's story is when he first went to his first mic his friend who was a comic he was with was like you're either going up or you're not man like that's it like that's literally it so like and that is all I needed to hear. So I started going to Mike's just to watch. I went to one, I think. I went to Good Bar to just watch Max Good do Good Bar is the best Mike, yeah. I agree. And uh, I went to Good Bar to watch Max do his thing. And I was like, oh, this is sick. And then, But I also was like, oh, I think I could do this. Like realizing that it's not that it like crazy is like an open mic is not that hard to do. To, I mean, it, it is to get up there and get over that. But when you see other people do it who like, you know, what I'm not to, not to be like, Oh, I'm think I'm you funnier see than them. People. But yeah, no, you but see you, somebody you who see does someone fucking die do terrible with like the worst joke I've ever heard. And but I'm they like, go up with such a confidence. Right. And, and it's, it's like, just like, yeah. yeah. And, and the other thing is like, Oh, I can't even talk shit. Cause at least they got up there. Yeah. So then I think it was that following Tuesday, I went, I went to Nietzsche's and I was like, I'm going up. Um, my first mic uh, I ever did in Rochester, I some guy asked if he like he's like, Do you want this recorded? And I was like, I guess. And like looking back at it, the like I didn't know how to hold a microphone. Yeah. I, still I, don't. I didn't know what to do with my other hand. The yep. whole video is the microphone is too far from my face and since I was anxious about being on stage, my other hand was holding onto the mic cord and just whipping it. Yeah. Like the entire time yeah but um i did i did three i did three mics and um started doing mics in buffalo and then i went to chicago for riot fest and uh i went to the comedy bar they had an open mic and so i signed up for that and since i wasn't a regular anyone they knew they put me at the end of it and one of the first few people that went up was zach deach oh no shit (laughs) and he started set like initially he's just like so i'm from buffalo new york and then he got off stage and i called him and i was like i'm from buffalo new york and i do comedy yeah. <laughs> like a total fucking geek yeah and he's just like i don't know who the fuck you are i was like fair enough i literally just started right <laughs> um but yeah that was like a surreal thing where i was just like oh yeah there's buffalo people everywhere there's that is so true there are but, buffalo people everywhere it's crazy well that but like in comedy um we have like a, a couple decent people from here where it's yeah. just like it's crazy what they're doing so it could be one of us one day <laughs> it could be um no but it's been cool though because i mean going back to that point of like making friends in the comedy scene it is funny that it like and i mean i'm such like a comedy nerd you know what i mean where it's like all every monday when I'm at work, it's usually I work from home. It's usually a slow day on Mondays. I just have YouTube up and I just every like it's like, you know, Tom and Bert, Sam and Mark, uh, 
Santino and Bobby Lee. Like I just go through all of them and it's just like, and I just listen to what everybody has to say. And so I just like absorb everything they do like a sponge and just became like such a nerd about comedy that's, and everything. That's and the so, one thing where I, I listened to like all of the comedy podcasts pre comedy and like for like the first year and a half, now I don't listen to a single podcast. I feel like that yeah. makes sense. Uh, and just based on what I hear comics say of like, you know, like a lot of them don't watch stand up or don't listen to it because they don't want to like accidentally steal something or yeah. like, you know, they're almost like too hypercritical of it or, or whatever. Um, so that makes sense. But um, I mean, my thing was just like before I started going up, I, I, but I knew I wanted to eventually go up. Like I just took like almost like mental notes off everything they said, learned the lingo, all that stuff. So it is weird how it's like almost like culty uh, for comics because it's like there is this like underlying thing that's like, oh yeah, we're all a bunch of fucking weirdos. And like we all have this weird bond regardless of where our egos stand. You know what I mean? Of like there's this underlying respect for doing it um, that it is. I And I, I was going to Mike's almost every day and I literally started in February because my depression got so bad from just being inside and doing nothing from like the winter months that I was like, I need to do anything. Like I need a reason to go out during the week. That's not just to go out and drink. So it was like, all right, I'm going to go do, do Mike's. <laughs> That is a reason to drink. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, at least there's there's a funny part. There's something productive. There's enough productive. sober comics where I'm like, how are you doing this? Yeah. But at the same time, it's just I like, did. I, now I'm at a place where I don't drink to at every mic I go to because I was doing that for a while. Just because I like felt bad for the bartenders because <laughs> I was just like, you know, I'm like, we're the only ones in here and like like there's a lot of sober comics and stuff so it was like all right well i'll buy a beer you know but then it was like all right i need to stop drinking at every open mic i go to but um it is funny though going from that scene and i actually did this was like one thing i did want to touch on um with having you on is because i think you and i are, are unique and i think i guess max falls into this too of like uh knowing the comedy scene and also knowing like the pop punk emo hardcore scene um and, and Jake Morrison and Jake Morrison falls yeah. into that as well uh that it is there is this like there they're two very different things and I spent all so much time in the comedy scene from like February to like June like I didn't wasn't playing any shows I like music wasn't doing music at all I was just very focused on comedy and was like obsessed with it going to mics every night just trying to get better get better better that I just got so used to being around comics and then I went and played a couple hardcore shows filled in for spaced in Canada. And on like the first night I was like, just talking about dicks, like just like not even like, just like openly just talking about dicks to my friend Dan. And he's like looking around and like looking at me and I'm like, what? And he's like, you're just out here just yelling about dicks, dude. He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what are you do? It's fine. And then like it clicked and I was like, Oh, I am like not, I'm in a different, I have to like, figure out the switch of like I'm in comedy mode right now and I have to go into like you know like almost like a more sensitive realize that, that, that there's a more yeah, sensitive that's, environment that's what around happens me. like the reason why everyone in my life now is either from comedy or working at the club is that that transitionary period of like still having my old friends and like what I was currently doing and pursuing was um not to, not to like shit on PC people, but it's just like when you're around like that environment all of the time, like <laughs> yeah. you start to like lose your filter. Well, I mean, yeah. And, and then I don't, you go back to hang out with your normal and friends. Right. And it's just like, 
oh, the, yeah, this is weird. Um, and I don't and think I'm that sorry. makes you a bad person at all. It's just yeah. we are all products of our environment. Yeah. When I was in Fredonia and I like hung out with all the radio kids and like the alt kids, like that is, I was that like, oh, I'm super sensitive to language and I'm like going to get offended by things easily and call you out for shit. Yeah. And then, you know, you that. You know, but then you start spending your time around a bunch of comics who like have no filter and like will say anything. And still and it's are like, the best people. Right, and it's it still like doesn't you, necessarily. You can say you can hear the worst sentence yeah. from a human being and then still look at them and be like, "I trust you with my life." Right? Like, yeah, totally. Deal. And it also did surprise me of like how welcoming the community is with like how like harsh a lot of things they might say are like they're still welcoming to everybody like they don't discriminate for any uh like surface level things the only thing they're going to discriminate about is if you're an asshole you know what i mean and like yeah, and don't be a piece of shit and just right. try to be funny you yeah. don't even have to be funny just yeah, try, to, try be funny. to be funny yeah, yeah. If, yeah. if your heart's in it everyone can recognize that and be like well they're here they're showing up they're putting in the effort yeah um and i think i've found such like a natural um place within that the comedy scene for that specific reason um because i think a lot of the times like when i was in that scene of like trying to be like super pc and, and like as progressive and accepting as i can like i like i feel like i it was during a time when i was still figuring myself out you know what i mean and like trying to learn a lot about myself and like i just wanted to make sure i was being a good person wasn't hurting anybody or whatever and then you know i it kind of like it lined up perfectly for when i started doing comedy it was like was a time that i'm like okay i know exactly who i am and the values that i stand for and for that reason um you know want to try something new because yeah. i'm not as like insecure as i used to be uh so like getting into comedy for that reason um it was just like the perfect storm of being like oh no you can do this and you can say these kinds of things that but they're not necessarily coming from a hateful place and you can still be a good person, still care about progressive things and, but still be like kind of an asshole on stage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I'm so far out of that, uh, that when I, I started hanging out with like old friends cause I'm moving and just like seeing them again and how like they all interact versus like what, I was 19 and some of my best friends were people like in their mid 30s for all of this, like starting comedy so right. young. It's just like you a weird quick. thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Cause I didn't have any of that prior to comedy. Like I, North towns, high school, college, and then suddenly I was just in comedy and then I was spending all of my time in dive bars with middle-aged dudes pursuing comedy. Yeah. And, then going back to my old friend groups and they're just like very tame very respectful and it's like no one no one's gonna call anyone all right okay weird yeah. <laughs> now what i'm used to like it's just like it's like it comes right. from a fun like i don't know people that are just like over policing yeah what you can and can't say yeah and i and i learn more now that those kinds of people are just like they're just insecure yeah. and like they just like are just trying to find their place in the world and looking for a cause to get behind because it makes them like feel fulfilled in that way so it's like i'm not gonna hate them for it and, and i'll vote for bernie sanders every year but if i say a slur mind your business yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly um yeah, and I just love the comedy scene for that reason. And it's just like been so, well, it's crazy to say this, but it has been like so good for my mental health. Um, but I think it's just good. Like it's just a good community and it's just good people to be around. And it's it's fun to just have that like camaraderie of like, oh, okay, let's, you know, it's the same people who were here last week, but now we have, 
either a completely different audience or we have no audience. And it's like it's also been fun watching the scene grow. So pre, yeah, it's, cra- it's huge. Pre-COVID, when I started comedy, like we'll say there was like 15 regulars. Like when I first started, there was like uh, the core group, um, people who were doing it forever. Um, and then the newcomers and throughout that time, like I stuck to it. And everyone, like, if you talk to any of, like, the people who have been doing it for, like, longer than me, like, years, they'll be like, oh, if, like, a new person comes around, we're not, we're not going to, like, try to be friends with them right. just because, like, they're going to give it up immediately. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think I skipped that step just because they're like, oh, she's fucking committed. Yeah. <laughs> um, so going from 20, 2017 to pre-COVID, like, right when COVID hit, the scene was actually blowing up a bunch. We had so many new people at all of the mics. Everything was going super well. We had the most rooms ever. We had like weekly mics, bi-monthly showcase it, like expanding. And then COVID hit and I was like super nervous coming back to it. And there was like a weird few months where it was just like, all right, we're doing this again. And then like the people who started before COVID started like coming back and then newer people. So like the past again since covid ended um <laughs> ended. watching like it came back hard like uh i was really nervous that the scene was gonna die because when i started it was very it was way smaller yeah <laughs> and now like seeing the amount of new people in the contest this year in the semis going on to the finals like it's insane yeah just like it's a good scene. It's a good scene to start off in. Totally. I'd say. I agree. Um, um, it's I, a supportive scene, but it's also the very competitive. Like. It is, yeah. I mean, it makes sense, though. You know I, I think mean? it's because we're all friends we at all, the end of the day. Like, right. But we all have our egos. And, like, that's why we do it. You know what I mean? Like, we shouldn't, like, make, we shouldn't act like we don't. Like, we all have it. When and there it's used like, to be, like, roast battles and shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we get fucking just casually, like, on a Wednesday. You would just be, like, doing an open mic set regularly. And then someone that's against you possibly in the future like three weeks down the line they just be like say the meanest shit you. to you ever yeah. <laughs> yeah there was a conversation going back to like you know when new people come around that was a conversation i had with bennett recently where it was re- coming into the scene was really humbling for me in like the best way because like i have been coming from like you know this music scene that i've existed in for a long time where like everybody in that scene knows who i am you know what i mean and because i've been doing it for so long and and been a part of it like like the promoters know who i am the venue guys know who i am all the other bands know who i am so it's like you know I, when i walk into a place for a show like everybody there already knows who i am and like you know there's a mutual respect there already so coming into um, and I mean, I think you, you could probably attest to this with comedy, um, is just like when you've been doing something for that long and that, you know, that respect is there, it's almost like you get used to it. You know what I mean? That you're like, oh yeah, people know who I am. People respect me because I've been doing this for a while, whatever. So like coming into comedy, not realizing that mindset has to go away because I'm used to walking into any venue and having people know who I am immediately and whatever. I come in in the comedy scene and it's like, oh yeah, nobody here knows who I am, nor do they give a shit who I am like at all. They're not interested in getting to know me. And that was a conversation I had with Bennett where he was like, well, dude, new people come and go all the time. So yep. he's like, so like until you're there for a few months and you're going to mics like regularly for that long, like it's not going to, people aren't going to waste their time because like it's so often that, a newcomer will, 
you know, do mics for a couple weeks and then just like disappear and never come back. But then once you get past that threshold, great. Yeah. And then it's awesome. Um, and I love it. And it's a scene I love being a part of. And, uh, I'm super excited to keep it going. And I'm bummed that, uh, you're leaving as soon as I'm just getting my foot in the door. Someone has to take my place. Oh, it's going to be me. No. Thank God. (laughs) It's too much pressure. I'm not. No, there's, there's enough new people. Like, I don't know. I mean, like two of us are now leaving. So yeah, it still doesn't affect anything, but It'll be it'll be nice to have like another comedy buddy down there. Just because the move isn't for comedy, it's a perk. Yeah. So I'm excited. So what's the move for then? Just for a life change? Yeah. Just, just saying, fuck it. Let's get a new. I turned 25 in November, midlife crisis. Let's do it. I love that quarter life crisis, by the way. Mid. For you? Yeah. All right. Well, then live it up. Um. I'm gonna tap out. At I think like sixty, so cool. That's when I'm. Someone can just shoot me. I don't care. All right, you heard <laughs> it here first, folks. Legal. No, people have already dibs to get. Oh, to I bet. Me. I uh, mean, there's a, line. <laughs> a lot yeah. of people you want gotta, me you dead. Sign up in the queue. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but that's cool. If I'm, you subscribe to my Patreon, uh, you can buy a fifty dollar buy-in, and all of you can shoot me at the same time. There we go, firing squad. Yeah, that's the way to go. Um. And then my cat will be left with three hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. Well, then someone. Well, well, part of that is someone has to take the cat. No, she's just gonna go out in the world with a little satchel filled with three hundred dollars. Just get a little cat satchel. Yeah. Yeah, three hundred dollars and just like a note attached that's like, Sammy's mother cat, was murdered. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Well, that's super sick, and I'm super stoked for you um, doing something that I would love. I've to never do even if I been could. to Texas. And you're straight up just moving there. I think that's sick. That's how it should be. That'll be, you're going to learn so, especially 25 too. That's like a perfect age. Cause you know, 25 is like, you know, when your brain is fully developed and you find like, for me, like 25 to 27 was a crazy time in my life. And it most likely probably contributes to the pandemic more than anything. Um, but just like, I'm also pissed about that. Yeah. I turned 21 and then 22 to 23. Yeah. Gone. Yeah, Snatched. that is early twenties gone. Yeah, my fuck around and find out time gone. Yeah, so I'm just doing it in bulk right now. <laughs> yeah, you should, as you should. I don't. I mean, I think anybody who got. I've talked about that idea on the podcast before too. Of just like, bro, if you turn thirty and during the pandemic, you're still twenty nine. Like we, time froze is what happened. So like, keep living. Like I'm not gonna you were. use my older years. There you go. Yeah. yeah, that's a good mindset, I guess. Just take them away from me. If they don't sure. Matter. All right. Well, <laughs> live it to the fullest. Um, I think, yeah. But anyway, what I was saying, for real, like genuinely, I think 25 is like a perfect age to like move away because I think like that's a time that, um, you know, 25 and 26 are just a very like uh, pivotal age. Um, and I think that's a good time to um, put yourself in a completely new spot and where you're going to be learning a bunch about yourself. And I think it's only going to do good things for you. So it'll be a good learning experience nonetheless, even if everything goes to shit. So, yeah, no, uh, (laughs) even my friends that love me that are like just shitting on me moving, being like, it's going to suck. You're going to move back. And you like, okay. And right. At least nothing changes. Who cares? Literally nothing changes. It's for the life experience. And you get two good road trips out of it. Yeah. Well, if I sell my car down there, we'll see. It yeah. just might be a plane ride back with me and my cat. How's they got good public transport down there? Yeah. I don't believe that for some reason. Cause I it's don't just because it's Texas. Yeah. 
Well, I live close enough to downtown, like right in between downtown okay. and Jamaica. They got trains and like... shit. No idea. Never been there. You haven't. You just haven't looked in that. That would be the first thing I would look into is public transportation. But that's just me. Well, I have a car. That's fair. <laughs> I'm gonna sell my car for either a moped or a motorcycle. There you go. Then, um, oh yeah, we were talking about that. We'll yeah. have to get you a good, good bike. Um, and then I'm just gonna be scooting around. Yeah. Uh, going to work, going home, going to soccer practice. I don't know. <laughs> Sick. Well, I think one of the tours I'm going on comes through Austin, so I will. Uh, I'll be seeing you when I'm there, for sure. Um, I'm mostly excited for um, the first two days when I get down there. Uh, just renting a U-Haul, hitting up Marketplace, and trying to furnish this place. Yo, fuck yeah. Dude, yeah. that's so sick. I would love to do that. That's like I, the like, best idea ever. <laughs> my, my budget, so I already spent 200 to uh, for a mattress. Um, but then past that, it's like... That's the one thing you should spend money on. You should not buy a used one. Or was that a used one? Okay. The huh? guy, the the couple that lives there, they don't want to move the mattress. Oh, okay. But they pulled a me. So I bought my mattress during COVID, but it's a full. I bought a Nectar okay. mattress full. I think it was like seven fifty. Yeah. I'm selling it to my roommate for three hundred. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> honestly, like I should sell it to her for five dollars. Yeah. Okay. With um the mileage I put on it, like I. Don't ring it out. Uh, <laughs> okay, Sam. But so I bought <laughs> I bought this queen size mattress for two hundred dollars and sold my full size mattress for three hundred. There you go. But the mat like they got theirs a year and a half ago. I got mine a year and a half ago. Yeah. All right. So I'm making a profit on the mattress at, at least. Okay. But it's also like an IKEA mattress. I don't know anything about those. I don't know much about Ikea, but I feel like I trust Ikea. I feel like Ikea I will, is like... I, will I feel like rich people have, talk about Ikea, so that makes me think that it's good. Everyone's like, wherever you go, there you are. I'll have an Ikea down the street from me. That's sick. So, so if all else fails, yeah. you got Ikea. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm pumped about that. Hell yeah. But... I'm going to abuse marketplace. I'm going to be a menace. I'm going to spam message people like environmentally need, friendly to do that too. I need your couch. Reuse I need your shelf. Stuff. I need your desk. Yeah. I I need your rug. Way to be anti Amazon, buying second hand. I hate Amazon. You're the worst. I hate Amazon. Um, yeah, no, I try because I. I tried being vegan for a little bit. I like, you know, like I try to just like do things where I like don't feel guilty all of yeah. the time. Um, we're similar in that that's why so my literally my two goals like so i started being vegan in november and it was literally just to try it and then when new year's came i'm not usually a new year's resolution guy but i was like eh it's could be a fun thing to like start something new right so i was like i'm gonna be vegan for i'm gonna keep being vegan for this year and i'm going to not buy any new clothes i'm only gonna buy secondhand yep only thrifting or like consignment shops whatever and i've it's august and I've been vegan the whole time, and I've only bought secondhand clothes. So, um, um, I was vegetarian for a year. I did vegan for six months, and then I went back to vegetarian. And are you then, still vegetarian? No. Okay, good. <laughs> well, I so like three years total with like a six month vegan stint in the middle somewhere. Sure. And then, um, yeah, no, I was just like, all right. I just won't be, I won't be a piece of shit, I guess. Uh, I don't, I don't drink normal milk. I'm an oat milk drinker. There you go. 
That's something. Um, I think it for the most part, but, you avoid dairy and uh, red meat. I well, I still buy like if I go grocery shopping, it still looks like a vegetarian's cart. Like I don't yeah. buy, like I use like the the meat substitutes. Still. Yeah, you're doing because I got when I like learned how to cook, I was like learning with those products. Like, yeah. Did you see that uh, Cracker Barrel just announced that they are getting Beyond Meat sausage on their menu, and now people in like the middle of fucking nowhere are boycotting. <laughs> Cracker Barrel. Isn't that insane? It's just a single menu. Like just, They just added Beyond Meat so- Sausage as an option on their menu, and people are boycotting Cracker Barrel, like in like the South. I love people. I love... Isn't that cr- fucking crazy? It's so funny. I love that shit. People are nuts. <laughs> it makes no sense. Why are you mad? Whenever you say a sentence, like, whenever I hear a sentence like that, it just, like, sends me out of body orbiting, like, Uh what are we doing here? (laughs) Right, exactly. And that's the whole thing is, like, oh, I'm going to be vegan and I'm going to, you know, buy things secondhand and I'm going to do things in a healthy environment. And then there's, like, a huge portion of the country that's, like, we're boycotting Cracker Barrel because they wanted one vegetarian option on the menu. And it's, like, why am I trying? What am I doing this for? And that's kind of the thing that I've gotten to recently of, like, when I started this idea, it was like, I want to try to help or whatever. And then I watched the George Carlin documentary and I'm like, dude, this guy was saying this shit 30 years ago and this shit's only gotten worse. And so I've kind of mentally, I've just entered a bit of a Carlin era of being like, just let it all fucking burn, dude. Who cares? The, yeah, no, that's where I'm yeah, at. Uh, yeah. I'm just going to have fun And I think that's it. fine. I do like oat milk. Um. Yeah, I just I, honestly the reason. Oh, the I, world's on fire! Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> as long as I can get my, get my own milk. milk. Yeah, uh, the the real reason I'm keeping the vegan thing going is just it makes me I feel really good. Like yeah, well, digestionally, you, like I just feel great. Aside from that, like you have to track everything you eat. Yeah, like not that was the best diet I was ever on because I, I tracked every meal, making sure what I was eating was like yeah. good for the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also been cooking like more than I ever have in my life. Yeah. It's been so fun to you, get into You that. learn so much. Yeah. Um, just new recipes, even mm-hmm. like, well, I mean like vegetarians kind of like easier to cook for, but like going straight vegan, like learning new recipes, that was a ton of fun. And that's where I got like my foundation for cooking. So when I dropped that, um, cooking still like more opportunities but i still find myself falling back on the basics of what i learned so i still just cook like vegan vegetarian meals because it's what i'm familiar with sure um but yeah anytime i go grocery shopping you won't find a single piece of meat in my fucking cart because it's just what i'm used to buying yeah but if i go if i go out it's just right that makes sense. I mean, that's like, it's I, a big I think food it's referred city here. to, right. I think that's referred to as the plant forward diet. Yeah. Where it's like you mostly eat vegan, vegetarian, but like, you know, you'll indulge every once in a while. Even when I, I want to yeah. like make normal food, I still like, I just go into Wegmans and I'm just like muscle memory. Like, all right, this is where we buy the substitute cheese and meat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's the best part of vegan grocery shopping is Wegmans just has one section and it's yeah. like, oh, here's everything. Here's where like 95% of my cart is from is this one section, which I love, which apparently there are uh, plans to expand that this year. So Wegmans excited. is like very focused on like growing the vegan vegetarian. Oh, I'm so excited. So. I won't be here. Never mind. Yeah. I'm not excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck it. It's okay. Um, everything's fine. 
They, I'll be in Texas. Yeah. Um, yeah. At least you can get an abortion. Mm. Guess you can't, huh? No. Yeah. Didn't think about that. At least you could smoke weed. Mm. No. Can't do that either. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just going to be the gayest cowboy there's on no, my moped there's no, with a gun. There's no income tax? Yeah. That's a good thing. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. It's going to save me $1,000 a year. Sure. It's but also, there because of that, their infrastructure is terrible in most parts of Texas. But I'm um, sure Austin is, is better than most. their energy grid can't support Correct. the fact that it's 120 most days mm-hmm. and everyone's using their AC. Yeah. Um, I'll be super tan and I'll get a southern accent. Ye fucking haw. Yeah, no, that's my plan. Get a moped, get a gun. <laughs> that is that's, that's right down the plan. street they're like there's another one of those bisexuals yeah and then i'll just start blasting yeah i think it's funny that like you use the southern accent but you still use bisexual like they're gonna say that instead of it's another one of those queers yeah right, yeah right right yeah uh, i feel like no texas has progressed they're they're now well they are what is funny is like they like they're accurately identifying people to shun them. yeah they also like got very close to flipping blue in the 2020 election like it was real close i so actually i'm an industry plant i'm moving down there just to vote blue um whoa i'm getting there just in time for the election there you go um but yeah the i was gonna say the the uh governor race is also looking very close there too between greg abbott and Beto? Is that who it is? Beto O'Rourke? Yeah. Um, yeah, he's been looking good. Um, I'm not, like, a huge fan of him, but, like, for Texas, he's fucking amazing. You know? When he was Take running for wins. president, I didn't love him, but, like, I think for Texas, it'll be dope. So, um, yeah, you can contribute to that, I guess. That's something. That was my thing. I was considering moving to Nashville for a while, and I was like, ah, I don't want to fucking move to Tennessee, though. But I was like, well, I can, like, contribute to, like, helping it be a more progressive place. So I guess that's something. You know, my uh, my whole family, like, left the state a few years ago. Um, grandparents moved to Car- one of the Carolinas. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the family moved to Tennessee. Yeah. And so I'm, like, I'm the uh, uh, alt-gay cousin of the family. And Super. going to Texas. Yeah, progressive. Yeah. <laughs> and... That's like the funny thing is like when I talk to them, they think I'm going to be like completely opposite of everything they say. Right. But I I mean, I don't know how long you've been like paying attention to politics, but it's like <laughs> after a while you get this shit beat out of you and you're like, we're, actually, we're not too far off from no, each other. No, thousand There's, percent. Yeah. It's just like. It's just the language you use. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like leave. Yeah leave us alone and right. you can do what you want <laughs> yeah. it's like we're so close to having common ground right. but the way the politicians dress everything up it's like exactly well, teachers they, are they, making their kids trans right. it's like no. nobody's doing that yeah no there's a whole like culture war uh, it's that's, so frustrating that's to created. watch yeah because yeah uh, uh, well i mean what's crazy is like all of them are so out of touch like, even on the left, they're so out of touch because they're still rich. You know what I mean? What, the whole thing is it comes down to class. And that was, like, the whole thing is, like, not to go down, like, this entire rabbit hole, but, like, divide. Like, as long as you have the lower class divided, like, they're fine. Like, they don't care. Because anytime the, like, working class has become united, they've been terrified. And that's when, like, this FBI goes and, like, kills people who are, like, leading these movements. Yeah. But they create these culture wars to keep the working class divided. But like, what it comes down to is, like, no, we're all 
we're all pretty much the same. We're all getting fucked the same way. Um, some of us are just convinced it's other ways. Um, Society actually... won't be fully healed until bumper stickers no longer exist. That's, that's a good take. That is. I respect that. I've, I've only had one bumper sticker in my life, and it was Bernie 2016. You as well? Let's go. I was told I couldn't park in the driveway for Thanksgiving night. <laughs> really? That's crazy, yeah. I do have some uh, some family that is... Um, that is like that. What's funny is I'm making a because my family's gigantic, and so every time I bring up to my girlfriend anything about like a family member, she's like, "I don't know who that is. Your family's too fucking big. I can't keep up." So we're going down to Hilton Head, and she's coming with us, and I'm working on a PowerPoint right now of like my entire family, but I'm doing it as like almost like a comedy routine of like who's who, and I have like their political affiliation, but just like so like I have one aunt that I was like Fox News Republican, you know, too fucking. Uh, Facebook posts away from QAnon, you know, might, would have been an insurrectionist if she didn't have to work the next day, you know, kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, my mom's side of the family is small. I'm not really involved with them, but my dad's side, like, yeah, they're they're not all like super right leaning. Right. It, it blows my mind, like the generational, th- yeah. like my my great grandma, who is still alive. She's like 90 at this point, killing it. She hated Trump. Yeah. Grandma loved Trump. Mm-hmm. Me, I don't want to vote for either of these candidates. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll get what's so funny is every time I talk to anybody in my family, I've gotten so good at it and I think it's like a blessing in disguise that my family is the way they are. And I am so like gung ho on like convincing them that they're wrong that like I've like come down to like a way of talking to them that's like oh just if you just avoid all the buzzwords and the culture war bullshit and just say like about these things that are going on like they'll all agree with you and like it, it is crazy like how much like I talk to like my grandparents or like my you know any of my aunt not like my uncle is like a contractor I'll start saying some shit to him and like explaining like well this is how it is right now and this 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 and this and how it should be is this is this this he's like yeah you're right and I'm like well I just fucking described socialism bro so like now what you fucking thin blue line t-shirt motherfucker okay <laughs> so you know, I was always uh, the the liberal one of the family, yeah. but then after we got past labels, I was just like, "Can we just like?" Can, can we just have a conversation? Yeah. Yeah. Can we just. That is the thing. I got thrown into that. Um, yeah. Because even I was just like, like with that, it's like I don't. A even... soy boy libtard beta cuck. Yeah. Yeah. It's just annoying. It's like, yeah. why are we being thrown into groups just because yeah. we... And it's so funny, too, how they're, like, assume because, like, I don't like Trump that I am, like, this Joe Biden, CN- Joe Biden-loving, MSNBC-watching, like, bleeding-heart liberal. And I'm like, no, I hate all that, too, actually. Yeah. Can't we all just recognize... <laughs> right. Bernie was, like, the one politician I ever was passionate for. Yep. And he was, like, the bare minimum. Like, he was the bar of where it should be set. And all of you think he's, like, this crazy far-left guy. And he's not at all. He's like, we should just take care of our people and yeah. let them do what they want to do. And like, he's a fascist. It's like, no, I don't. you don't know what any of these things mean. So, Yeah, no, that's also a fun part of every day living. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at the end of times. The times. I was just talking about this on the last episode with my friend Christine of just, like, how fucked things are and it's like you just gotta just accept it at this point it's just like i'm just gonna keep doing what i'm doing I'm fight the good texas, fight while i get can. a motorcycle Move if i to have texas. to sell out i'll take my septum piercing <laughs> there you go yeah 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 we gotta do what we gotta do 
Um, it's my thing. If I had, if there was any sort of like uh, safety net that existed in society for like, you know, um, as far as like healthcare and, and all of these other. Oh yeah. I won't aspects. even look. So I've had to go to the hospital like three times in the past yeah. year. <laughs> I won't, those medical bills don't exist to me. They don't have to, you don't have to exactly. do anything. No, I'm, I'm, yeah. Aware, I'm aware. Yeah. And everyone's like, so we, I'm like, ignore them. Yep. They don't exist. It doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, but if those things existed of like healthcare, education, all these things like student loan forgiveness, all of those things did exist. Like I would quit my job fucking tomorrow, but it's just like, that's what's keeping me there. You know what I mean? And like my job's all right. It's stable. I don't hate my coworkers. Work is fine. You know, like I get paid decent money, but it's just like, there's still something about it that I'm just like. I have to clock in at fucking 8.30 a.m. every day, Monday through Friday, and that is just, like, the most fucking painful shit for me to do. If I don't make it doing um, anything else or marrying rich, um, I will die in the service industry. There you go. I can do early mornings. Yeah, I do. The part of me does really miss the service industry. Um, I mean, when I left the service industry and just learned that I would be having the same shift every day, I was like, that's fucking amazing. Like, because I came from like, I was always like the extra guy everywhere. I never got like a chance to be like a solidified member of any like bar that I worked at. I was just like, this bar would, you know, they're like, well, we need a server really. And they're like, but we'll have you bartend one night a week. And it's like, all right. And then it's like, then I will get in. I'm like, well, this job's offered me two nights a week. So I'll do two nights a week at this place. And one like this. So I was always like, just like the extra guy everywhere I went. And it just was like, you know, for the idea of just having to only work one job and only, and having the five same hours every day was like, Oh, that seems amazing. And now I've been doing it for four years and I'm like, ugh. Like, I miss having fucking just a random Wednesday off. There's nothing better than just that random, like, weekday off where you can just, like, go do shit and there's, like, nobody around. It's the best. This is the longest I've gone without a second job. Um, I quit my my last job probably two months ago at this point. But prior to that, every, like, every free hour I had, because Helium just runs, like, four to close. Yeah. So I tried, like, have day shifts. So I always had like a second job somewhere and it was just the most draining fucking yeah. not worth Day my jobs time suck, at all. Man. Yeah. But I would only take jobs at places like where it seemed profitable. Like it wasn't right. gonna be a waste of time. And then even even for like a two hundred dollar like day shift, it was just like Oh, I woke up at nine AM to be here for ten to four, go to my other job. And at the same time it's like how much do I value my free time realistically? Like, I don't want to, I mean, that's where the service industry is cool. Like if you're in a pinch, you need to do that, whatever. Yeah. But at the same time, like after a while working like the same, which I also learned like how much of a cult the Buffalo service industry is, is <laughs> that I was working with the same people at every fucking place yeah. I went to yeah. where I'm just like, Oh, you again? What's right. up? Like, <laughs> like, what are we doing here? It's 2 PM. There's been five people in this place. Like, I don't know. It, it was like a weird phase of just trying to be like, yeah, this is what I have to do. And then after a while being like, oh, no, if you just stick with one place for a while, it pays off. But yeah. other than that, like the service industry is very hit or miss and not great. <laughs> yeah, I do. I mean, my like whole thing was like my ideal life is to like if I could just like completely get out of debt and have health care taken care of. 
um, which is so crazy that it's just like we live in the only developed country that like that doesn't exist in. But if those two things were taken care of, I would literally just tour and bartend. Like I would just tour. And when I come home from tour, I would bartend or be a barista somewhere. Like that's all I want out of life, dude. Like and it's I crazy that I can't have that. Like bartending, serving. I don't hate it. But like, the, like I always try to like have that conversation. Like, oh, if I worked like a nine to five. Yeah. But then it's like grass is always greener. Yeah. Yeah. I I could never have an office job. I'm not a big people person, yeah. despite working with them directly, because I I can I can do that. Most people are very cool. Right. Um. If you have to deal with like a shithead, it's just like all right, whatever part of the job. Yeah, yeah. But that's just. like an every and then it's like job. and it's also like. The thing in the service industry that's different, though, is like when you deal with a shithead, it's like, oh, I only have to deal with you for the next hour. You know what I mean? Where it's like in a nine to five, if you're, it's like, oh, I sit next to you every yeah. day. You know, that's one thing people like in the service industry like hate. They're like, oh, I'm like missing out on weekends, like late nights. And it's like you're still doing the same thing you would be doing right at work. Like it's so realistically, yeah. No, I get to sleep in. I get to uh, just talk to people. <laughs> That's my favorite thing, too, is just, like, feeling out the table when I speak to them. Like, are you cool? Or right. are you right, going right, to right. hate me? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I. It is fun. I don't know. I, don't, I could never do a 9 to 5, I don't think. Yeah. If you ever put me back in that environment, because I used to work, like, 7 to 7s when I worked right. at the nursing home. I would do 7 to 7 four days a week, and it would just be, like, no, I'm good on this. Yeah, you want me to wake up at six much. in the morning? Yeah, I never want to do that ever. And it's great. So it's been like five years since I worked there, obviously. But now looking at like the cost of living and shit, I was getting paid twelve dollars an hour to be a kitchen manager for a three hundred bed rehab facility, and now I'm like making stupid money, like twice that. Like, yeah. Running a comedy club. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty crazy. But that's also sick, and it's gotten you in a really good place. And now, what are you going to be doing at the new club? Just serving? Um, I'm going to start with bartending. There's a possible movement for management. Oh, sick. But I, I don't want to be the new kid on the street that that's just suddenly in charge yeah. of people. So I do want to, like, feel it out and um, just have, like, the, the free time. So just bartend whatever days a week for a few weeks get a feel for just living there in general and for my coworkers before i like have to like step up and be like all right can you do this right (laughs) like i don't i hate that i hate being a manager (laughs) yeah i I, i've never done it but I, i would imagine it's not very fun i'm lucky like where like where I'm at in healing, I'm now like I work with all of my friends, so it's not like a big deal if I do have to like speak up and be like, "Hey, can you do this thing?" Mm-hmm. Like, like it still feels weird, like I'm bossing around my friends, but going to like a separate place that I've never been, and suddenly yeah. like, who's this toddler speaking to, telling me to do? Like, right. I <laughs> I don't like being that guy. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. That's respectable. Well, I mean, you're that's sick that you. Are doing what you're doing i commend you for it for taking a fucking awesome awesome risk and and getting some life experience on it and finding a job like that quickly um so i think it'll be dope and i hope uh, it all works out for you i lucked out that uh conveniently where i wanted to move is where helium owns a club now. yeah i know i think about that like because you know my job is like 
Um, they have locations everywhere, so I look at it all the time. They're never in anywhere. That's super cool, though. It's like, ooh, Irvine, California. Initially, no, I when I, I, I did start moving up for management, they wanted me to move to Philly. But, like, my whole mindset is, like, I don't want to move somewhere and experience winter ever again. That's fair. Yeah, if me, you're going to move somewhere, move somewhere winter warm. are mortal enemies. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to well, move somewhere else. Yeah, that so has move the to Austin house. in the middle of August. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be real. My apartment's on the third floor. Um, you have, so. is, is there a central area? There has to be, right? 100%. Yeah, I feel um, like it's, like, a law there. Yeah, so I have AC, obviously. Um, I have a pool in my backyard. Sick. But my apartment's on the third floor, so moving furniture in there at, at the end of August with still 100-degree weather is going to be super fun. Is it, hopefully the whole building is air-conditioned. It's out. It's like outdoors. Ah, uh, so one of those. The yeah. Is yeah, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> well, good luck. You only got to do it uh, once until you move out. So, so I'm just never going to move ever again. There you go. Well, then I'll see you in Austin. See you later. Cool. Sam, thanks for coming on. Uh, I'll put your uh, social media handles in the bio of this episode. And uh, everybody listening, look out for Sam's comedy career to take off. She'll be on Joe Rogan within a year. <laughs> I don't want to be on it. I know. I'm just kidding. That was a joke. See you later. Bye.